When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, the Bolts complete their trifecta of trades. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 48 of the Bulls broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you feeling on this lovely Tuesday afternoon? I am feeling okay overall. Um, unlike you, uh, you are not feeling as great as you're a little sick. So we are recording in separate locations. I am using the old Yeti microphone as well as using these just terrible, terrible Delta Airline earbuds that I have because I couldn't find anything else because I leave my other ones at your studio. So I'm doing good. Just sounds, you know, a little wonky, like hearing myself talk, hearing you talk. It all just sounds very strange. Yeah, I feel that. And for those of our listeners that don't know, uh, I've got the clap. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, but... Today at work, I started feeling a little under the weather, so I told Chase, because uh, Chase has a big surgery tomorrow on I Wednesday, do. that's why we are also recording on a Tuesday, but I told Chase, we don't want any complications with his surgery. He doesn't need to be going in and uh, be ill because of me. You know, we be illin' over here. And oh my God, this is this is the worst episode already. <laughs> so yeah, was feeling a little bit under the weather. Told him to stay away, and unfortunately, we can't record our other show. The We're Not Professionals podcast. We do video for that, and I was actually really excited for it because we're talking O line and defensive tackles. But oh well, that'll be for next week, I guess. Yeah, it would, that's that's fine. You know, it gives me more time to I don't know. I'm not like having more research to do. Getting more time to think about it, I guess. I don't know, but anyway, it'll be a little more anticipation. Should be a fun show. Yeah, absolutely. So today's episode is going to be fun as well. We're going to be reviewing the trade deadline, of course, but it might be a little bit shorter because I want to go in bed. I I want to go to sleep. Mm, that's that's <laughs> pretty much it. Uh, so Chase, we'll start off with the Riley Nash trade. Uh, this completes the trifecta of Tampa's uh, trades at this trade deadline area. Obviously, they made a couple earlier on that we've already discussed. If you want to hear our thoughts on those, go back to Season 3, Episode 47. You can hear those. But what do we think about Riley Nash? So this one was indeed the biggest trade that Tampa made all deadline long. Uh, Riley Nash for future considerations. Huge. 
massive. Uh, he was already in the organization once. We can't claim on waivers. It was that back in January. Had a short stint, went back on waivers, gets reclaimed, blah, blah, blah. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Well, he comes back for literally the cost of nothing. Um, can't, can't hate on it. I mean, it's just going to be a guy that gets in here and there, plays bottom six, and really fourth line. Generous even say bottom six. He'll play fourth line when he gets in. I don't imagine he's going to be in all the time. I think he might actually be down in Syracuse right now anyway. Um, that, that that might be wrong, but I, I believe that is the case. So he can be someone that, you know, like help out Syracuse, help him out the rest of the season, and then come up as needed and maybe be one of those black ace guys for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Add some more depth to the team. Depth is incredibly important when you're going to these playoff runs. Obviously, a lot of players play through their injuries, but because of how physical the playoffs gets, how elevated the game is in the playoffs, uh, there are some guys who aren't able to actually continue to go. So, Riley Nash, just another depth piece for us. It'll be good. Uh, Chase, let's now go into a couple of game previews. Unfortunately, there is no game review. We are recording on Tuesday, so we don't know the outcome of the Hurricanes-Lightning game. However, that's going to be one I'm watching tonight and cannot wait. Yeah, that, that one should be a pretty good game. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Try to multitask. It is my girlfriend's birthday as well as the night before surgery, so I've got so much to just you know pack in here today. But you know, I definitely will want to be tuning in. This should be... You know, one, one of the more entertaining matchups uh, of the year. Yeah, and then we go back-to-back uh, entertaining matchups as Thursday night. We've got a game against the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins are a really good team, 39-19-5, really hot over their last 10. This is a team that is going to give us some difficulty, that's for sure. Yeah, I want to say they have 11 wins through the last 14. Um, they've been doing pretty good ever since Jake DeBrusque has been elevating his game is kind of how they've been. Uh, find themselves doing better, weirdly enough. So they gave him an extension at the deadline instead of trading him after he requested a trade earlier in the year. Dreams to stick around. Maybe they, maybe if he continues his hot stretch, Boston will continue rolling through the league. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a very easy game. You know, I I, I I talked about it before. You know, recently I've had a couple games where I predicted that I do think Tampa was going to lose just because they're struggling a little bit and the odds are against them. But I think they're going to have a great game against Carolina tonight and really carry that momentum in through the next few weeks. I'm going to say we got a good win against Boston. Uh, it'll be a tough game, but it, it will definitely be a good win and a good motivational piece for the Lightning. That's what I'm hoping for as well. Um, Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman have split the majority of the season, so whoever we go, we're going up against, it'll be a good one, and hopefully it'll end in our favor let's now go over to the game against the red wings this is on saturday and i feel like every time we do a thursday episode i'm looking at the weekend and it's always back to backs on saturday sunday not always obviously that's not the case but we've got another back to back this week starting with the detroit red wings yeah this is a a road game in Detroit should be a fun matchup against a struggling Detroit team. Uh, really shouldn't be too much of a problem. I'm guessing Brian Elliott's going to get the start. Should be a safe win. Uh, you know, I think this will be a, a good weekend with, with Detroit this game. The Islanders the next game. Good way to get a couple points on the road. Uh, you know, again, continue to build that momentum. Maybe give a couple other guys a few more looks. Hopefully, you know, you can get um, two or three, four goals ahead of Detroit in, in New York and then just kind of you know, give those depth guys a little more time, let your you know top guys get a little bit more rest. That's what I'm hoping for. I agree. Looking forward to a big win over the Red Wings. And if that, in fact, does happen, 
That will be the series sweep over the Detroit Red Wings. Chase, you did mention the Islanders, another team that's not been great this year, a team that may have had a little bit more potential, I guess. I know a lot of people thought the Islanders were a shoe-in for the playoffs. That hasn't been the case so far. What do we expect out of these guys? It's not going to be a game that um, is going to finish like 9-6 to six or anything like that, but it very well could be a 3-4-0 to four nothing type of Tampa Bay win. Um the Islanders just don't have the offense here. That's their problem. If you look defensively, you know, as they have been over the last few years, they're, they're a pretty solid team. They're sixth in the league in goals against. Uh, you know, if you look at Ilya Sorokin, he's having a great season despite being on a horrendous, horrendous hockey team. Just when Varlamov gets in, they tend to lose a little more, and he still has a 9-14 save. So it's just the team in front of him is not scoring. Uh, they, they lack offense in any sense of the form. Really, the only guy that is like an offensive-type driving player is Matt Barzal. He's not really doing it. He's not really allowed to do it in that system. So I got to imagine this is a pretty safe win for the Tampa Lightning. You're telling me that Mark, Matt Barzal being restricted to actually playing his style of game is losing them games because they don't have points? Yeah, That's pretty much. Crazy. I would never have thought. Yeah, it's it, it really is asinine. You know, there, there's enough talent on this team where if they're allowed to just play a – modern day offensive style there they could score some goals and still have good goaltending because Ilias Roken is one of the better young goalies in the league but it's just not the way Barry Trotz does things yeah I guess so November 15th was our last matchup against these guys and it was a four to one victory very well could see a very similar outcome in this one and if that's the case another series sweep which would be great hell yeah all right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, going a full deep dive into the trade deadline. What are our thoughts? Who do we think won the trade deadline, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Stay tuned. The NHL season has been packed with 30 dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Any betting needs you guys need? Make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Obviously, the um, March Madness is still going on, March Madness Tournament, and then we've got the NHL playoffs coming up soon here. So any sports betting needs, go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Chase, let's dive into the trade deadline. This was a day that I think we were expecting a couple of moves. I don't think we were expecting a a huge change of scenery for the league, Um, but a lot more moves were completed than I actually suspected. Obviously, we had a lot of moves leading up to the deadline, but the deadline actually produced some good entertainment as well. Yeah, there was a ton of actual day out transactions. Um, I don't have the exact number. I'm trying to get a count right now because I didn't see like a total thing anywhere. 
But right now, um, I believe the number was 30 that I had, which is a ton because we've seen in the past few years where the, the deadlines have been a little bit slower. But it was definitely entertaining. Not as many uh, big names moved. A couple guys that are still pretty notable were moved. But, you know, when you look at like the Claude Giroux type players, uh, those guys were not really moved on this day. And there is a unique situation that we're going to talk about um, once we're all said and done going over these trades uh, about one specific player and one trade. But we'll, we'll save that for that time. Yeah, and I don't want to dive into every single trade. No, like, no, no, no. For example, the Penguins acquire Nathan Beaulieu for a conditional seven. Those type of trades we can just leave completely out. Uh, yeah. Let's start with the Arizona Coyotes. They go out, get forward, Jack McBain. Um, and in exchange, the Minnesota Wild get a second-round pick in the 2022 draft. This was the first big move on the actual trade deadline. Yeah, and I like Jack McBain. I think he's going to be a contributing NHL forward, but I don't know if I'd give up a second for him. I think a third was about the max I would give up. Um, he looks like he'll be more of a middle six center, provide some offense, be a little more um, of just a work hard kind of guy. You try to use his frame and, and adjust his game to what the NHL is going to be, because I don't think he's going to necessarily be the star scorer point guy that, you know, he, he was hoped to be, but anyway, he's still a talented player. Um, I, I think he's going to, probably fit into Arizona pretty well based on their needs everywhere on the ice. Uh, I could very well see him, you know, being in their lineup next season. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know much about Jack McBain, but uh, I'll trust you on your analysis there. Uh, let's talk about the capitals as they go out and get former cap Marcus Johansson, bring him back from Seattle. And in return, Daniel Sprawn, a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick. Daniel Sprawn, a young guy who was drafted in the second round a couple of years back, uh, maybe a little bit more than a couple of years back, maybe 2015 ish. And, 2016, I thought. Okay, 2016, but he has not really panned out quite yet. What do we think about this trade? Uh, it works for both teams. You're moving on from Marcus Johansson as Seattle, a guy that's not going to help you anymore going forward. You're getting a younger player in. Maybe he can figure it out on his now fourth team in the NHL. Possible, but looking a little more unlikely day by day. So you're getting that young player in a fourth-round pick and a sixth-round pick. That's it, it, perfectly fine for a team that is horrendous, that really needs to em- embrace the rebuild and, and not try to do what they did this last season. Um, so I, I've got no issue there for Seattle and for Washington. It's really not a big price to give up. Any chance we see a resurgence in Daniel Sprong's career, or is it kind of one where we just fully expect him to be where he's at now for the rest of his career? You know, it, it, it's unlikely. I see him more of a star European player at this point. I, I don't know if he is going to be the guy that he was hoping he could be in the NHL and that some people were hoping he could be. I, I, I just, I just don't see it. Let's now move on to a couple of Minnesota Wild goalie changes. First up, they get rid of Capo Kakinen, send him over to San Jose, uh, as well as a fifth-round pick. They receive Jacob Middleton from San Jose. Yeah, this trade's fine, um, especially if you're not trusting Kakinen to be your guy, which you're going to learn here after this next trade that that was not the case. Um, th- this trade's fine. Like Jacob Middleton isn't anything to write home about, but he he's just, you know, that – Six defensemen you can trust to be a good, sturdy, uh, you know, stay at home, make the right type of play, and not try to trust big mod men's two guys. So it, it, it's a fine price, and for what they had to do, for what they were bringing in, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Getting rid of Capocac and then to clear some space for Mark Andre Fleury as they go get the goalie from Chicago. 
for a conditional first-round pick. The only way it is a first-round pick is if they make it to the Western Conference Finals, and he wins four games up until that point. Yeah, so otherwise it'll be a second-round pick, and this is a pretty good trade for Minnesota. I they agree. are – what's that? I agree. Okay. Um, sorry, just, it just sounded really weird on my side. Again, these headphones are terrible. But anyway, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great trade for Minnesota. I, I really do think it's a team that is a little better than we thought they were going to be at this point. We thought they were maybe another year or two into the rebuild before um, things really started getting rolling for them. But no, things are clicking right now. It, it's looking pretty good. Maybe they can go and surprise. Maybe Flurry got, you know, gets hot for them, helps them steal a couple games on top of being a good offensive team. Uh, this this is a trade that makes sense, and I, I don't know if if I'm picking like an underdog in the playoffs right now. It, it's Minnesota. Minnesota very well could be that underdog story that we'd love to see. Currently sitting second in the Central, and they've been playing well. And could this goaltending upgrade be the nail in the coffin? For the rest of the league, who knows? But let's now talk about some other depth moves, uh, including the Rangers going out and getting Justin Braun for a third-round pick, as well as the St. Louis Blues going to get Nick Letty for a second. What do we think about those two? Yeah, uh, the Braun trade, perfectly fine. Um, I, I I think that value is about equal, especially with what the trade market was this year. So fine for the Rangers if they, you know, are planning to be a team that has a chance to go on and do a little damage in the playoffs, like, is definitely a possible Shesterkin in that. And for the Flyers, are going to draft pick when they really need to rebuild. Flip it over to St. Louis Detroit trade. Um, that, that second-round pick is what they gave up to get Letty, so it's a good return for Detroit. They also get Jake Wallman and Oscar Sundquist. Are those guys going to do anything for them? You know, who knows? Jake Wallman, probably not. Oscar Sundquist, maybe, you know, be it be a bottom-six guy. Um, you know, really, for St. Louis... Nick Letty is the type of defenseman that plays their game, but he's really not, you know, much of a defense type of defenseman. He, he provides some offense, is a good puck mover, good, you know, on the rush. But if, if he's on the back track and trying to defend it, it's it's not as helpful. But it's, it's again, especially comparatively for what the rest of the values were, it's really not a bad trade for either side. Yeah, St. Louis Blues trying to bolster the back end because – They've got a tough opponent if they want to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and the Colorado Avalanche. Already such high-powered uh, forwards and defensemen are very good as well. The Avalanche, they continue to bolster their team with Arturi Lekkonen coming over from the Montreal Canadiens. I love this addition for Colorado. Arturi Lekkonen is a stud. He's pretty much another Valerie Nishushkin, an absolutely elite defensive forward who can also provide some offense too. I think this trade makes a lot of sense for what they're trying to do for what they really need to fill holes with. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this one. And then when you're looking at Montreal side of it, getting Justin Barron, who is still a very quality defensive prospect, somebody that should end up playing some NHL games. How many will he play? I don't know, but he'll play NHL games down the road and a second round pick in 2024. You know, sure. It's a couple drafts away. But it's still a second round pick at, at solid value. It's a good return for um, for Kent Hughes in his uh, you know first really trade deadline. Now, Chase, I want to skip forward to a couple of the bigger trades, trades that resulted in second round picks moving, and second round picks are actually the highest pick with no conditions that were actually moved during the deadline. So let's talk about a couple of those. The Rangers they go out and get Andrew Cop, and then the Penguins they go get Ricard Raquel. Yeah, so I, this Andrew, Andrew Kopkate, I, I don't, I don't think it's too bad. I, it's a little interesting, you know. He is someone who's a great defensive forward, and he needs to kind of get back to his game. They tried using him a little more offensively in Winnipeg, and his results have kind of fallen off, and he's been a little less productive. 
if he goes to New York and can play a legitimate third line defense first type of role, he's going he's going to uh, be a very good player for them. So I, I like that. And then you look at the second round picks, two of them, um, and Morgan Barron as well, and then a fifth round pick. I think that's a pretty damn good return for Winnipeg. Morgan Barron is, again, he, you know, it, it's an intercop type of player. He's not going to be some offensive superstar, but he could be a guy that, that plays, you know, like a third, fourth line role for you and, and can eat up some minutes and do the right thing. So I think that works out pretty well for both teams. Yeah, I agree. And then when we look at the Pittsburgh one with Ricard Raquel, that's something Pittsburgh needed. They they need more of depth scoring. Ricard Raquel can fit in on the wing and either the second or third line and really help produce for the Pittsburgh Penguins because this is a team that only has so many years left with the likes of Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and Chris Latane. So they go out, get Ricard Raquel to push for that playoff spot, to push for maybe that final run. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It's not too big of a price to pay, in my opinion. You know, Zach Asteris is a solid, just depth guy. Dominic Simone is the same thing. He might even be in the American League right now, for all I know. Uh, Kelly Kling is a solid goaltending prospect, uh, respectable for sure. If I were Pittsburgh, I would have rather kept him because they don't have much in the goalie pipeline. And for Anaheim, you got Lucas Dostal, who's a much better prospect anyway. Uh, so I, I don't, I know you can never have too many good prospects in your system, but maybe they're, you know, I, I was surprised they didn't try to go for like maybe a, a Poulian or something like that. But anyway, doesn't matter. Solid return. Second round pick this year helps out as well. It, it's another trade that just makes sense for both teams. Now let's hit on two final trades, including the Carolina Hurricanes, our opponent tonight. As of recording, they go out and get Max Domi as well as defensive prospect Tyler Inamoto. What do we think about this overall return for Columbus, but also what can Max Domi do to improve this Carolina Hurricanes team? So he's going to go in and probably play like a third line role, but a third line offensive role, maybe, you know, second line, but like that middle six is really where he's going to fit in. Uh, it, it makes sense. It's a guy who can provide offense. He can be a little gritty too, but he's going to be more offensive first. Um, you know, I think it's a solid move when you, when you look at, you know, and, and I'm, I'll mention Tyler Inamoto real quick, not really much of a prospect. I don't really see him playing too many NHL games. Maybe he does. I don't know. But anyway, when you look at what was given up, um, Aiden Reeschuk, I, I really do like him as a defensive prospect. Again, someone I don't know if he's going to be like a stud by any means, but I, I think he'll play NHL games down the road. So it's a good addition uh, for Columbus. When you look at Florida, because this is a whole part of a three-way trade, Florida ends up getting Igor Korshkov and a six-round pick. Korshkov is a, I believe it was a 2016 draft pick, still playing in the KHL. Is he going to come over um, and play in the NHL at any point? I don't know. I don't know what, what kind of impact he'd even have over here anyway. So uh, it's not something I would count on. The six-round pick, again, not much. Um, just an, an interesting move for Florida to kind of, you know, be part of the three trade and help out their rival Carolina by eating some of the salary cap. It, it was a bit strange, but I guess, you know, maybe they they like Igor Korshkov a little more than some other teams and think he can be a guy down the road that helps them out and it makes sense that way. I don't know. It was just a little weird. But it's, it's a good trade for Carolina overall, I would say. Yeah, maybe. And maybe Florida's trying to create some good relationships with the front office of Carolina. And maybe down the line, Carolina will do the same. But I, I, I hope not because we've talked about how the NHL is too friendly of a league. And if GMs are going out there and helping their buddies, that's just stupid. I agree. And I didn't even see this um, this last Tampa trade that we yep, made. That's the last one we're going to talk about. I as, didn't even see that happen. Uh Tampa go out and get Alexi Melnichuk from San Jose in exchange for Antoine Moran. Now, this isn't one that's going to affect us uh, right now or maybe even into the next year, but this is a, a nice prospect trade here. 
Yeah, so we took a flyer on Antoine Morand. Uh, didn't really work out. Wasn't really doing much. So see, so wouldn't want to be. Uh, um, now we get Lexi Melnichuk, who was an undrafted signing by the San Jose Sharks, I believe, last season. Um, ended up playing a couple games for San Jose last year too. Didn't really do too well, but you know, right now he's more of a minor league goalie anyway. Maybe someone that could help out down the road. But as of right now, it looks like he's going to play in Orlando, um, play in the East Coast League for our affiliate down there. Hopefully he can, you know, get some confidence and and do well. Maybe he's someone that can turn into a, you know, backup or a third goalie down the road. I don't really know, but it's not someone that you're going to really count much on. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, I pulled up Cap Friendly because they had a great display of what picks were traded, and I closed my phone. But I got it up right now. Uh, second round picks, there was nine traded. Third round picks, there were two traded. Fourth round picks, there are five traded. Fifth round picks, six traded, and then sixth and seventh round trade, uh, sixth and seventh round picks, there were three traded during the deadline. So a lot of picks were moving, and the second round picks were the hottest commodity. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it, it, it makes sense. You know, it's it, it's a draft next year where teams are trying to hold on to their first round picks, but other teams are trying to acquire as many as possible because they know it's a deep draft. So it makes sense that we didn't see a lot moved and we saw more second round picks. Yeah, well, but, the day did end with a little bit of yes, yes. How do we want to say drama? That? Drama that works. Yeah. So this is what I was just uh, about to get to, and I don't know the actual um, tr- like trade. I'm trying to find it real quick, but I th- I think I, I found it here actually. So um, a, a trade that was supposed to go through uh, the Vegas Golden Knights trade, uh, Evgeny Dadnov along with a uh, conditional second round pick for defenseman John Moore and the contract of Ryan Kessler. Um, the Ducks would receive Vegas' second round pick in either 2023 or 2024. So the whole drama with this is supposedly Evgeny Dadunov, he has a 10-team no-trade clause, and Anaheim was on that list. So when he got traded over from Ottawa, Vegas wasn't on his list then. So he was able to go to Vegas, can't really deny anything. Um, but from there, he claims he submitted his no-trade list to Ottawa, and when he gets moved to Vegas, uh, that no-trade list never got sent over. So now, uh, you know, Vegas just has to operate as we don't have this no-trade list, so he violated his contract, so now we can move him as we please. So that's what they tried to do, and now this whole just, de- you know, debacle is going on, um, trying to get proof that that no-trade list was sent over to Ottawa, trying to get this trade reversed. Uh, sounds like it is going to be reversed. I don't know if it, any word is official yet, but it pretty much sounds like it's what's going to happen. Uh, just a really weird situation, something that we don't really ever see in the NHL. Yeah, and I feel like if you have a player on your team with a no-trade clause or a no-move clause, except for a certain amount of teams, that you would have that filed away somewhere. I don't know. I feel like the responsibility from the front office there was a little lackadaisical. Uh, see, I semi-agree, semi-disagree. Um, yeah, sure, you, you, would, you would want to double-check to make sure you have all that stuff so you don't have to go through this headache, but at the same time, it's on him and his agent. If his, you know, if if he truly didn't submit a list, that's him and his agent's fault. It's that's more beneficiary to the club at that point because then the club is able to move the guy. So they're not going to go out of their way, try to be like, oh, let's let's limit the possibility of moves that we can make with you just because it's your fault. So I get why they sat back and didn't wait, uh, but at the same time, it you know it, it would avoid this kind of headache that's been going on. Yeah, tough situation there for sure. Um, but that wraps up the trade deadline. There was one more piece of news that I wanted to talk about briefly here. As the Carolina Hurricanes, they signed Jesperi Kakaniemi to an eight-year deal with an average of just above $4.5 What do you think about this one? 
that's a lot for what they play him because they don't play him a lot of minutes. Like they, I thought they would when they would acquire him, they play him more of like second line type minutes. But said he's getting more bottom six type stuff, so it's a little bit higher of a price. I don't know. Seems seems a little strange, but whatever. If you're going to use him in the future, this could end up being a decent value. I mean, he was a third overall pick for a reason. One team believed him enough. Now another team does too. So I, uh, you know, I, I could be wrong, and and he could prove a little more value in the future. But as of right now, it just seems like it's fine more than anything. Yeah, kind of just rubbing it in the face of Montreal a little bit more. Hey, we just stole your guy, and now he's going to be with us for a long, long time. And Chase, you did have a, a fun fact about the trade deadline that you did want to mention. Yeah, I was just getting ready to bring that up. So uh, yesterday, 30 of 32 NHL teams ended up making trades. Mike, take your guesses on who those two teams were that did not make a trade. The Sabres and Islanders. Look at you. <laughs> did you Google it? No, when I was going through the cap-friendly Twitter and I was getting like the exact picks, how many were trading and everything, uh, I scrolled past it and I saw it. Ah, yep. Ah, that's that, that, that's how. Because I, I asked you before the show and you didn't know, so I was nope. ho- hoping it'd still be the case. And you know, I thought maybe have some lucky guess. But anyway, yeah, kind of a fun fact: two teams that are in tougher situations right now. Uh, the, the Sabers are a lot cannot make playoffs at this point, pretty much, and the Islanders are very well down that path. So you thought maybe they'd try to sell some assets a little more, but that's not the case. They just kind of stand pat and are hoping things just kind of keep working slowly for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know why these two teams weren't really active, but I guess it just shows why they're struggling right now. Exactly. All right, let's go to hockey name of the day and end this thing. I really want some sleep. We'll go with Lucas Mulbauer. Lucas Mulbauer. Mule. Mule. It's got the umlaut, Mike. Come on. Uh, it's got a smiley face, not an umlaut. Okay. Lucas Mühlbauer is a 22-year-old German. Uh, he'll turn 23 this summer from, from Landschut, Germany. Plays for EV Landschut as well in the second pro league over there in Germany. 26 points, 36 games. Solid little player. Has um, played a little bit internationally for Germany, U16, U19 tournaments, but um, nothing in like the major world world junior tournaments. Hasn't played any top German league games or anything yet, but you know he, he's a solid player. Maybe he'll make a name for himself in the top German league here in a few years. Still young, still got a lot of time to play. And the best names are the ones that smile right back at you. Okay. All right, let's uh, head out with an outro here, Chase. All right, as always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us on Patreon, support us over there. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Why are you at follow WMP on Twitter, WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. Get all the content you need right there. Make sure the hockey podcast number.com. Find all the podcast number right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever the team can rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. Really appreciate it. Wherever you do, do not fit to use code THPN25 for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.